0: Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I'm your host, Ken Seymour. Today, I have an exciting guest with me, Mr. James Moses Black, actor, comedian, uh, just man about town, even mm. a mogul in terms of designing fashion attire, at least or so I've heard. Thank you so yeah. much for joining
1: us. Thanks, Ken. I appreciate it, man. I love being on the show. Everybody does love pudding, and I didn't mean that in the Bill Cosby way, but... <laughs> Uh, you know, I,
0: <laughs> we, we considered I, I, there might be some problems with that title,
1: but yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: disassociate.
1: Yeah. But thanks for having me on, man. Well, thank
0: you for coming. Um, I'm always excited to talk to anybody in industry, uh, whether it's, uh, somebody behind the camera, somebody in front of the camera, because, uh, everybody that is involved in that, uh, helps us to escape, uh, the realities of the day to day. And it's just a fantastic thing. And we always appreciate uh, uh, the chance to have a personal thank you to those that help to create the things that we love. Um, So what is it that got you interested in acting in the first place? I heard that you had a dynamic breakout role in school that you started.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. The the Charlie Brown's Christmas really did a lot for me, you know, (laughs) especially in the 70s. I don't even think kids know about the original Charlie Brown. But I played Snoopy where I didn't have any words. None because, you know, dogs can't talk. At least one's on stage. And uh, so it was all about me creating chaos. And I I remember this, man. I went to the... uh, I walked out the door and my mother said, where you going with them pajamas on? I was like, uh, I'm going to play because they were all like they were like a ski outfit. You know, they were ski ski pajamas. She said, yeah, well, you going to the play, but you ain't wearing those pajamas, you know. And uh, I, I went back and changed and, and then I brought the pajamas in a bag with me. And she, you know, she was like, all right, that's the last <laughs> time, you know, when your mother says it's like the last time you should listen to her. You're like, cause you like, because she says that's the last time you go, okay. And then you do it and then there's some consequences, but, you know.
0: I don't know. I always like to think that you can push, you know, you have to de- define what is the last time. Do you mean specifically just for this outfit? Can I wear a different outfit that's very similar? You know, that would be good.
1: Yeah, yeah 70s mom wasn't going for a lot of rotation, you know. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs>
0: So it is that is that kind of the the trajectory you became involved in school and then kind of continued on through the the college years or did you have kind of a break where you decided to try your hand at an at another vocation?
1: Um, I guess my main focus when I was younger was like graduating from high school. That was my main focus, uh, and then. <clears throat> excuse me I believe I went to college like this let's go to college and we went to college me and my friend Kevin and the next thing you know we we're at college man you know so there, there was nothing planned uh for the first f- three years of college it was like it was just survival right yeah and then it became a focus of graduating you know and I was like all right I think I had a great time in college you right it was college is probably the one of the most Beneficial, rewarding, and uh, dangerous times in my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, But it was it was it was great. I went to Central State University, Ohio, and graduated uh, with a degree in marketing and management, or whatever they say it now. And then uh, I had a minor in biology. I used to want to be a doctor. Right. My first ambition was a doctor. Uh, my second ambition was I'm not going to be a doctor. <laughs> you know, that happened. That that yeah. And uh, so I went on to work in the corporate world for a while, and then I I was in Minneapolis when the bug, the real bug hit. Me. I was doing um stand up at Knuckleheads, and then I had done some stand up uh, at uh, got this guys club, uh, but it was one of the, Andrew Ford, Andrew Ford, nice. one of the original comedy clubs in Ohio um for black comedians. And so I saw all these cats come through, man. At early on, DL, Steve, Bernie, Mass. All these cats in person come through and and do their thing. And uh and I mean when I say I seen them all, I seen them all. L- and a little envy uh, here. <laughs> yeah, man. It was it was because these cats were like regular cats back then. You know, they're just traveling around doing the circuit. Yeah. And uh I think um uh, Def Jam's comedy thing had hit, but um, it, it wasn't. It, it didn't. The Kings of Comedy thing had not hit yet. Yeah. So they 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 were still doing you know um, tours and stuff, but that was my first experience with comedy in Ohio. And then when I got to Minneapolis, I started doing a little bit at Knuckleheads, and uh, and then I left. Um, I left uh, the corporate world. I was at a cafe in uh, Minneapolis, and I saw this poster. That said, "Auditions for Shawshank Redemption, the only stage play." <laughs> and I go, "Wow, I'm going to go audition." Because yeah, I never plan on anything, man. I was just, "Oh, I'm going to go to college. Oh, I'm going to be a doctor. Oh, I'm going to go audition for this play." Got the play, and then that that started it.
0: Well, that that was. Uh... That was a, a very interesting part in that play to, to have. If if you're going to get any role in Shawshank Redemption, there's so many really, you know, interesting, uh, nuanced uh characters. There are only a handful that kinda give everybody the, the shivers
1: <laughs> every single time. And I was one. <laughs> I wasn't red. I was bald. <laughs> Bugs? Yes, I do. Bugs, bully bogs. You know, I was bogs, man, and I frightened the whole audience. Let me tell you, oh, one man. woman came up to me uh, after the show. No, I this is when I didn't know a lot about stage, so I went out, took a break, went outside during the intermission, and the lady comes up. She says, "I want my money back." And I go, uh, "Why?" She said, "Because the the content it's too strong," and I'm like, "What's well, prison, boo?" <laughs> what did you think was going to happen <laughs> <laughs> you know, didn't you watch the original you know what I mean. and so uh yeah it was it was like i walked through the lobby and like the the red sea parted like people were like nah we're not <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man yeah i i i have to admit that's been one of my all-time favorite movies and and just love the fact that it's it's written by somebody that is a a known as a horror author uh, mm-hmm. more than more than that but uh just uh that's kind of a that's a really interesting thing that you, you i am sure as you move along through your career you get just small small things here and there that just stand out and i, I bet that still you know, for all time will be one of those things
1: yeah and when i got to la i had another opportunity um and i, I didn't do much stage in hollywood because you know how stages interpreted in Hollywood. Right. It's a it's an event. It's a show. <laughs> uh, and I did I did Reservoir Dogs and uh, and directed by my friend Rico Simonini, you know, he was also in it and, and very small production, but it ended up being great. But and that really like I was like, man, I, I got Mr. Mr. Brown, I believe I was I was um, the guy uh, who tortured he he set the guy on fire he oh, tortured right. Him. right I was whoever that guy was, and here's another incident like this dude is nuts, <laughs> <laughs> like, like you know yeah. I tell people like when you do something really good, they don't remember necessarily uh the your name, they remember the character's name or the role, but they don't you know they don't remember your name specifically, you know right they just say yeah that was that was he played yeah that so
0: well and that's and the good thing about that though is at, at the very least when you have those roles that allow you to kind of stick in the mind of the viewer you don't become it's like i know you i've seen you in something what, <laughs> what was it
1: yeah i have to I if, is that like it, the
0: most awkward conversation ever well
1: it, well, it is because they got they, you know i i, I think uh, Kevin Hart said it too. You like you become snap finger famous. You're like, mmm, mmm, <laughs> oh, mmm, mmm, <laughs> oh, mmm. That's all they do for the first like ten seconds, and then I go, no, dude, I just I just worked at Starbucks and I gave you the coffee this morning.
0: that's, uh, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so okay, thinking back to to the the comedy side of things because I, I I've been a huge fan of comedy for for a long time, and it's, uh. It's, it's its own thing, but it's still very related to theater and to acting because it, it's, it's still a performance art and, and trying to make a connection with the audience. It's just, it's a one man show every time. Most comedians have a recollection of a particularly bad set or something that just kind of went wrong. Did you ever have anything like that? It's like, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm going to kill it tonight. And then just nothing went right.
1: Yeah, man. Um, I had probably two. My first experience at Knuckleheads, and and back then there weren't a lot of black comedians, right? Just not go, not doing Knuckleheads. So uh, you know, the room was like all white, and, and except for my friend Rob, he was in there. He oh, he was like, it was like 149 uh, white people in Rob. And then it was, (laughs) so, you know, all my jokes were like tailored toward, you know, my experiences, taught me a valuable lesson. They were all tailored to my experiences at the time, which were were predominantly, you know, of my culture, you know, what I can. And so I would crack a joke where I was like, this is gonna kill. And they were just like.
0: (laughs) No frame of (laughs) reference.
1: Nothing, zero. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. And I had thought about it yesterday, uh, Ken. I thought about it yesterday. I was like, okay, if, the, if, if I was doing comedy today, I would I would enjoy uh, a room of smart people, people who understand, it, it doesn't matter what color it is, because nowadays, you know, besides the things that happen socially, you know, we all experience the same thing. We we, we we really do. And so when you make the same thing funny and you don't go out your way to tailor it, but you just make what you're saying funny and smart, that's the funny, man. That's the funny. It's, you know, it's not about a room's temperature or, you know, color or anything like that. It's It's about being able to relate to people over experiences that we all face, but taking a really different look at it, you know.
0: Definitely, and you get you get the chance to approach it in, in a number of different ways. I mean, you can go with the kind of the simple. I mean, almost um, I don't want to say bland, but the most observational, like a Jim Gaffigan or something, where he's going to talk about food for ninety percent of his set because that's something that everybody has in common and the relationship that people have with food. Or you can you can then you can instead try and touch on. Issues that kind of cross boundaries, but in such a way that it just kind of still connects with everybody and there are so many comedians that were so good at that yeah. and and still are. I mean, just who really inspired you? You mentioned some of the the early comedians <laughs> w- were like the original kings of comedy, your, your inspiration, or did you pull from a different group?
1: You no, know, uh, and, and another person does it really well. Chappelle. Chappelle does it yes. really well. Uh, he does it really well. Um, uh, you know, my my comedians were like the dudes that I liked were like Richard Pryor and then um, um, most, uh, Robin Williams uh, and, and, and Rodney Dangerfield a little bit because he just had the best one-liners he I ever great. heard in my life. And then from a... <clears throat> I also looked at it from a standpoint of, you know, Johnny Carson and, and how his temperament was with his guests and how he could just you Know get in and out with his guests that was that was a big influence as well, but those and, and Robert Guillaume because Robert Guillaume, he was quick, so funny, dude. He was hilarious. But I actually, we, I actually befriended him and I don't know, probably like 2002, 2003, whatever 2004, maybe. Man. and uh, he had told me, uh, he was with Will Smith's dad on from the Fresh Prince, I forgot his David's, I think. But anyway, he had told me, he said, James, don't be a buffoon. There's a lot, there's enough buffoons. Be smart with comedy. If you're going to do comedy, make it smart. Just don't, don't, don't do slapstickish, stupid stuff that uh, anybody can do. If you're going to do something smart, uh, if you're going to do something good, make it smart. And that kind of changed my trajectory from comedy over to trying to do what is available instead of what was just handed to me or given to me. Um so I I that changed my trajectory and and I kind of moved away from comedy because comedy was pigeonholing and they, right. a lot of my friends made a lot of money. <clears throat> but when I when I look at them now they're stuck. They're stuck in that comedy mm. thing, you know. So uh, I'm glad I pivoted. I would do comedy in a second. But it has to be smart.
0: Well, he's a great example of that. If you're going to talk about anybody that could do it all, I mean, he could be funny. But some of his dramatic takes were just so, so good. I mean, I grew up on Benson, sure. but And,
1: uh, and Soap. Right.
0: And it's just it, it, having, that, having that width and breadth will, will get you in in a lot of places that other people, people won't be able to get because they can see that you've got that, that strength of versatility hmm yeah. So, it, oh, go ahead.
1: It's, it's funny, man. I think, this is weird how I think about this, but dramatic actors have a hard time doing comedy. There's only a few dramatic actors that cross over. Just, but if you get a really good comedic actor who can do drama, it's a whole different game with cats like that yeah. and women like that. It's a whole different game because their bodies are like like wiggly worms. <laughs> you, know, you know, know what I mean they just, you know they do and it all comes out naturally. you know what I mean? you don't, you don't see any sort of performance. you just see this incredible amount of, of empathy and, right. and, and looseness. but that's rare, you yeah. know it's rare, it's rare.
0: Well, I think it also comes from, I don't remember who it was that was originally quoted with it, that comedy is just pain plus time. Well, understanding that, it, comedy is not that different from drama so long mm-hmm. as you understand the intent of what you're trying to communicate. That's why Robin Williams just killed in, like, Awakenings or it. something like that. So, okay, so you transitioned from comedy to, to acting. How how does that kind of a process work? Being outside of the industry, you've you've uh, done a lot of work in clubs. You did the tour uh, with Russell Simmons, right? Uh, The
1: original uh, two two city tour I did. Which man,
0: I bet that's a whole story in and of itself.
1: That that would be awesome. How
0: do you do that transition? What is the process of going? Okay, I'm I'm going to now I'm I'm approaching a different genre. How do I do this?
1: Well, the thing that comedy allows you to do is improvise very well. And uh, and when you're a great improviser, you don't get stuck. You don't get stuck because there's still, you know, we don't talk really in quotations or periods or commas. That's not how we talk. We look at it and there's periods and commas and quotations, but that's not how we talk. So I look at it when I crossed over, I looked at it, the opportunity, because I'm, I'm one, I'm, I'm super smart, and I'm not saying that from an arrogance point, but I'm, I'm super smart when it comes to uh, just my own intuition, right? I, I know what my body does, I know, and so when I liberate that, because I would have never liberated in, like, completely just starting off in drama, because I would have thought everything was just so, you know, But in comedy, you liberate yourself. You liberate your body. You liberate, you let your body go, right? In a way that helps explain the situation, right? And and so that to me was the liberating point of, I I got my body to be free. And once your body is free, uh, for those who are, are listening, once your body is free, everything else becomes fluent you just glide along you know once you stop swimming against the current and you swim with the current you can get out you can save yourself but you swim against the current which is against your feelings and against your 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 auto auto responses once you stop swimming against that you're free
0: Well, and I bet audiences recognize that uh, as, as you're comfortable, they, they see that you're comfortable and it resonates more easily.
1: Right. Right, right.
0: So what, okay. So you started with, uh, you've had a lot of, um, roles within recurring television shows that have had a lot of seasons. I always have fun trying to phrase this in, in such a way cuz I want to I want to ask the question but you know it's always hard to ask it in a way that doesn't, you know, potentially offend somebody. So, do you have a role that you have played so far within one of these shows or movies that resonated with you that is maybe your favorite for whatever reason whether it's the people that you worked with or the subject matter of the particular production or the character that you were able to play. What has been your favorite so far?
1: Well, one of my favorite shows was because of the people was sunny in Philadelphia. Um, You know, I just got to witness how people can be a successful ensemble and get it done with Everyone having input and not like someone trying to be the head of the input, you know. Uh, That was my favorite show to work on. Uh, And then um, I had an okay time on Black and Blue. Um, I had an okay time on Black and Blue, um, just because Dion Taylor was sort of that that director that is like okay. do your thing. Let's see what you do. He, he's a little bit of uh, he gets um, he gets he he talks to you or to, let's see he talks to me like this isn't a new experience for him and and I for me and I go hey man I I, I did this for just I got it if there's anything you need me to do I'll do it but I got this all right nice and so he was he was kind of hands off until he said like hey James. Um, this way or this way, right? Let's go this way, let's try it this way and then that way. So I, you know, I let him do his thing, but of course I did my thing, you know? Um, right. Within, within those, within that perimeter of what, what was supposed to happen. The funny thing is we were in New York and the writer came up to me and he's like, hey, do you know who I am? And I just looked at him and I was like, let me, let me guess, you're somebody else from Sony. I don't know, I don't know, I just, I <laughs> And he said, nah, man, I'm the writer. And I go, oh, okay. Hey, listen, I want to talk to you about something. He's like, I already know. But let me just tell you this. You made the film what I intended it to be.
0: That's a heck of a compliment.
1: And I'll go, wow, thanks. All right, see you later, man. You later. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. Oh, I-, I don't take compliments very well, unless they're structured in, in 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 the form of conversation and not gloating, but just conversation about things. You know, I'm always interested in how people think, um, and I take I think I take compliments well, but sometimes I don't. Uh, I usually just say thank you. Well, um, it's not I, much I, else you can
0: I don't, say, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't like I just thanks, I appreciate that, and just keep it pushing, man. You know, right.
0: Uh, that's that's i can i can see how that might be uh, a difficult uh, thing to engage in because you know you, i don't know if you're anything like me i've always got that voice in my head in those uh, instances where i do have somebody uh, say that hey that was great whatever it was i'm going to just like are you saying that because it was actually great or is your perspective maybe actually skewed and you think it's great but it's not actually great and it's just it, all of a sudden i'm spiraling into this just kind of yeah. headspace that is not particularly helpful in any
1: particular way yeah because it makes it's it makes your pendulum swing back to you like you you swing back to you and you now sudden you talk about you and it's just said this i'm like i don't want to talk about me I don't want to talk about. I'll talk about it in a, in a comedy, but I don't want to talk about me. You know what I'm saying? Because I have a short memory when it comes to projects. Yeah. I have a really short memory. A, a recall, I can do it, but a, a memory about them. Yeah, so.
0: Well, let's change the subject. Let's talk about you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, okay. So, all right. I, I I saw one. You know, you've got a lot of really interesting um appearances that you've done and I, i've noticed a few things that have kind of popped up multiple times like oh they like to make him a man of the cloth a lot <laughs> that is a position a role that he gets uh, regularly but there was one that stood out to me and i have to ask a question uh because I, I this is kind of our intersection of the show we tend to talk a lot about pop culture and movies specifically the intersection of those movies with comic book properties uh, you were involved in a production that was based on a comic book. Are you a comic book fan at all before you got into this or after? No. No. <laughs>
1: uh, no, man. I, I, I have a Spider-Man, a 1981 Spider-Man in mint condition about when the uh, – I forgot the guy, the characters. That's the only comic book I have. See, but it's 80s. mint.
0: That'd be like – Venom came out in the 80s if I remember correctly uh,
1: The Punisher Punisher oh nice
0: I I think I know that's, exactly Which one you're talking about
1: Yeah, It's a 1981 or 79 79 or 81 I got that comic Book it's meant but I That's the furthest I went with it
0: So when you go but in
1: I was a avid watcher Of superheroes as a child On cartoons excellent Yes
0: what was your exactly.
1: favorite uh, Wow Submariner, nice. I was, I, yeah, I used to love the submariner, that's why I probably can swim. Uh, Submariner, I liked uh, uh the, the dude who had the lion who could change his, his dog into a lion.
0: Oh, uh, there's he uh, right there,
1: right? Yeah, and Samson and I forgot the dog's name, Samson and Goliath, I think it was whatever, right, right. but he could change his dog into a lion, and then I liked um. Space Ghost. I don't know why I like Space Ghost. Space Ghost. That's probably why I liked it. Man. <laughs> and the dude who would look like a a falcon, he could fly, hawk or whatever. I liked him. Oh, and uh, and uh, um, uh, uh, Iron Man. Yeah,
0: can't can't go wrong with Iron Man. That a lot of people forget that there was some early animated stuff from from that particular character. But I always like Submariner just in the fact that the whole concept of the design of the character when you thought about it for just a second, didn't quite make sense. Like, okay, this dude, we're going to take Spock's ears and put them on a guy in a speedo. He needs to fly. Let's give him wings. Where his ankles.
1: Yeah, sure. Okay. (laughs) Why not? He had interesting plots, man. I just I, was like, I don't know if it, I my my mind wasn't developed completely. I was like, this is really interesting, you know what I mean?
0: Plus he's he's kind of a he's kind of a punk. <laughs> he's not very nice. So And I, I like
1: uh Johnny Quest just because of the music. Johnny Quest is classic, man. Johnny, song. Audrey. <laughs> just,
0: <laughs> so, all right. So I, I, just had to ask cause you were in Logan and Logan is one of the best adaptations <laughs> of uh, a comic property on the screen. And to have a part in that, it's like, Oh, that's, that's really cool. That's kind of one of the things that would resonate with me. If I got a chance to be an extra, even a small role on something like that, that would just kind of always stick with me. If you're a comic book fan, that's, that's kind of the thing. But, uh, So, okay. With that question, that kind of rolls into a similar thing I tend to ask everybody that's on here. Now, you're not as big of a comic fan, so you may not always not have the full breadth and width to draw from. But if you had your choice to play any character based on a comic, who would it be and why?
1: Oh... I would be Batman. Always a good choice. Not a far, you know, throw off from Black Man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, it always no, works, man. I
1: would, I would be Batman. I think of all the characters, because he's human. He, he's human. He's not superhuman. He doesn't have wings. This dude just has a lot of money. Yeah, they can give him some armor, you know. What I mean? But he ain't human. A little you know, more relatable right, right.
0: <laughs> talking about um, talking about things that uh, are, are kind of superhuman when you, when you tend to have your fingers in a lot of pies you've had acting experience in both film and TV and you've had stand up experience and theater experience so how do you go to designing your own clothing where, where does that come from
1: this I'm going to design some clothes <laughs> 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 you know I just I, I don't know I got the idea when I was in Minneapolis man I, I, I was tired of working in corporate America and I, I think I made the switch out of corporate America to my own thing because I always thought of autonomy and I wasn't getting it and no matter how much money a company pays you um, they will never pay you enough for you you know, what I mean, you so? I figured if if I'm going to work this hard for someone, I can work this hard for myself. Makes and sense. And I, I left corporate and I started the clothing line. Did that for a minute. Left that, and the next thing you know, I was acting.
0: So, so it sounds like you just have what I would call the adventurous
1: lifestyle. Yes, yes. <laughs> there was plenty of times, Ken, when I I, I was like, listen. I was like, "Can I get that job back?" And
0: uh, and like, no.
1: Um, but the, yeah, man, it was. I lived in cities all by myself and no family and stuff like that. I've I've done all that stuff, man. You know, I remember when I went to New Orleans to live for for like four or five years uh, to work because like a lot of my work I picked up in the Southeast. Uh, I remember being in New Orleans, like, what in the world did I do? you know and uh and it actually ended up being okay but when it was time to leave it was time to leave because i was like if i don't leave this year i'm gonna die here
0: so, <laughs> i know that feeling yeah but if nothing else with all of this experience you've learned how to promote yourself promote mm-hmm. self-promotion is really important speaking of which Hey there, pudding people. Don't forget to check us out on our social media accounts so you can keep apprised of everything that we do any time of the day. Richard, you're most on Instagram, right? On the gram gram, yes. And what are we best known on Instagram as? Pudding Guys. Easy enough. In fact, that's also what we're known as on Facebook. Now, I'd say we're on Instagram just a little more than we are on Facebook. You might get the occasional update there. We are most active on Twitter, where we are at RealPuddingGuys. We will give you updates about the next episode that's going to be coming at the end of the week, when it's released, any other little updates to the Ultimate Comic Movie Database, or the Pop Culture Death Counts will also be there. Um, Now... Our most exciting changes are going to be coming up soon. We're going to have a new website called Fate, the film and television engine. We're getting close to doing the beta for that. We're still working on the alpha side. We'll be doing a little closed beta and inviting a handful of people into this. I tell you what, it's going to be really, really cool when it releases. Now You'll be able to also hear about that on our Patreon page. What are we on Patreon, Richard? Voting guys. Pretty easy. Now, right now, it's very easy to support us. How much does it cost, Richard? It's $1 per month. Per month. Not per day. Per month. <sighs> yes. $12 <laughs> for a year. Yeah. Uh, that's really not much to help support us as we release new content as we get better equipment to release the content into. And when the Fate engine comes out, it will have its own cost, and we're gonna make it very affordable for everyone to be involved with this. And it's gonna be so cool. I can't wait for y'all to hear about it. Well, after that, uh, particularly intriguing uh, information about uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, <laughs> 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 i want to know i want to know about the upcoming projects that you're you're involved in you got some really interesting stuff that i've seen that that they're all basically hitting by by the time this interview airs one of them will have hit already the soz soldados mm-hmm. uh tell me a little bit about that project and your part in it
1: so i should i'm gonna i said i was gonna do this for you only so um one of my buds, who is he's on the show with me, he had sent he he was on. Um, I did a show called Snowfall, right? And he's on the show as regular. His name is Sergio. Uh, he plays Boro and uh, he's like a hitman for this lady. But uh, he sent me this this morning because what you're talking about is Solalos, or zombies. So he said Friday, August sixth, to avoid extradition, charismatic and unpredictable drug kingpin Alonzo Queen Marikin escapes from a prison in mexico to hide in the middle of the desert meanwhile across the border a u.s experiment conducted with pigs on a military base goes wrong and the mexican police unit pursuing Maracan is infected transforming them into a new species of zombies with special skills
0: sounds like fun to me
1: a new species so these aren't your mama's zombies, you know what I mean? It's like woo, woo. I'm gonna be looking
0: for something special. Uh
1: Man, these are zombies. And they're not zombies from the dead. They're zombies that were created. Yeah. They just gave them the name zombies. But they're fast. They still have all those cognitive skills from when they were soldiers. Nice. And yeah. That's so. why I had to cap one of them, Ken. I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's
0: uh it's it's um it's a, a slightly different take on a zombie film. I always like that. They, we just had that uh, uh, that one zombie film come out and, and we did a review on, and uh, there there were some there were some potential problems with it. <laughs> but I, I I like a new a new take that something that uh, is a little different. What what is your what is your character in this film?
1: I'm going to give you three guesses, Ken. You tell me.
0: I'm going to go with. Um, bodyguard nope all right so not a bodyguard um
1: resume don't don't look at Solano.
0: <laughs> pull it up pull it up
1: quick, yeah, quick. Going over there, kid, like oh, wait, hold on, <laughs> uh,
0: could it have French something it. to do with uh, the military <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's it bro. Hey, listen, I I play generals like no other or colonels, whatever, man. I I think that's that that's my uh jump off point is always being some sort of you know um uh, person in law enforcement or something like that. But uh yeah, so I played General Murdoch who actually is in charge of this experiment. Wow. And uh it it goes madly wrong and then he Gets the bright idea to try to capture one of these things, and make him into uh, an ultimate fighting weapon, a a warrior for the U.S. Army. And my uh, my compadre Toby Schmitz from Black Cells uh, is my uh, is my sort of uh, doctor doctor, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) and so you know it's we he and I get into it and uh, and he wants to save one to alive. But the whole thing is, you know, I'm a, I'm, I, I am, uh, Oliver North, basically.
0: Ah, okay, that gives some good context.
1: Yeah, I, I am Oliver North. Nice,
0: that's actually got some real meat to it. I think that'll be a lot of fun to see. Yeah, um,
1: and it's uh, it's in 204 countries too, man.
0: That's that is a lot.
1: That's a lot, man. So.
0: Anything that gives, like I said, anything that gives a little bit of diff, because zombies films have been around for a long time, and a lot of people tend to kind of, I don't want to say regurgitate, but they definitely retread through certain themes. So having a little new twist, a little something to keep it fresh, makes it awesome. It sounds like this definitely has that. I'm definitely excited. You're also involved in uh, Lansky, where you got to uh, work on a project with Harvey Keitel. That had to have been awesome.
1: I Well, he wasn't in any of my scenes, but he was in the project. Yeah, I wish he would have been in my scene. This is my man. Uh, I saw him uh, on a repeat of uh, uh, The Late Night with Stephen Colbert last night. I was watching because he was on the show, man. And he, I mean, this is a dude, man. I mean, he goes back, back. You know, he's worked with some serious, serious uh, uh, directors, man. And just his knowledge alone about, because he's all he and everything he does he always kills it i mean he he always kills it man and so when when i see people like that i i just i i have to listen intently but something he said last night he says you know a lot of people say what's your intent i what's your intent what's your intent he says what's your purpose what is your purpose with with doing this and 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 if you can establish what your purpose, not your intent, your purpose, because I think purpose and intent, two different things. I think you can have an intent, but if your purpose sort of outshadows an intent, because your intent can go wrong, but now your purpose, your purpose is the same, right? Mm -hmm. And when he said that to me, it was like a light bulb. He didn't say it to me, he said it to Colbert, but um, it was like a light bulb, man. A light bulb that, you know, I said purpose is such a good word. But he and I listened to um, Colbert interview uh, Robert Duvall. Mm. And Robert Duvall talked about letting the script guide you. You know, you don't have to pretend just let the script guide you. It's therefore it's a roadmap. Now, your temperament is what you bring to the game. Your temperament, your, your personal temperament is what you bring to the game. But the roadmap is there. So yeah. imagine you being allowed to do whatever your temperament tells you to do based on these lines. That's when you really get it. When you're not trying to make anything up, but you, you, the looseness you allow to occur, the transparency of who you are comes out in these particular situations. Right. Yeah. Albeit imaginable, man.
0: Yeah. I, uh, uh... We, we, I was lucky enough to be talking to another actor that was that was in a movie with Harvey Keitel, and that the same thing. Everybody that I've heard an interview with that has worked with him has just had nothing but just praise and admiration. It's just, he's kind of a living legend at that point. Uh, he's a
1: boss, man. He's a boss. Yeah. yeah. He's a boss, man.
0: Um, now, speaking of just massive amounts of talent, so there's one other thing that you're going to be in coming up. That I I'm stunned at when I looked at uh looked at just the cast involved, uh, the movie Queen Pins.
1: Yeah. My yeah.
0: lord, how did that happen?
1: I don't know. And how did it happen over seven million dollars? That's that was a budget. I, like, <laughs> I was doing this for seven million dollars. And I looked at Kristen Bell and I'm thinking, no, that's seven million dollars right there. I looked right? at uh, Vince Vaughn, I said, Well, that's fifteen million right there but I and Joe McKenna and and uh, the other guy Paul I mean they put a cast together yeah,
0: you know I, what I mean you got and, Steven Root in there and Joe McHale. and it's like I it's it's a who's who of funny
1: right it, it basically is man and then when you put you put Vince Vaughn in there you know I mean that's my dude man well, I I and he's like 6'4 I didn't even know it <laughs> but uh <laughs> When you just look at him, man, yeah, you just start laughing. It's like when I when I worked on um uh Sunny in Philadelphia. Right. When I saw Danny DeVito, man, I just start laughing. I just I just and not because of his stature or nothing, because he's just a flat out funny dude, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know? He's yeah. just a flat out funny dude
0: but you get to actually have a really fun part in in this particular film. Or at least it's it's one that I would enjoy to play if I were involved in a production because you know all of, a lot of the really fun things that I remember from cinema over the years a lot of it has to do with like oh a lawyer is doing x. So being a any type of lawyer in a film kind of puts you front and center for whatever scene that you're in. And that in in a comedy especially it seems like uh (laughs) seems like you could have had some fun with that
1: yeah i I was Kristen bell's uh, attorney our defense attorney and so in the second scene we were doing um they let me sort of improv the opening closing statement for Kristen bell for for her case and so i did it man and every lawyer I ever watched on TV ran through my mind at that point. Every lawyer I ever watched, no hesitancy at all. And so when I I stopped, then Vaughn came up to me and he said, "Hey man, are you a lawyer in real life?" I said, "No, bro. I just slept at a Holiday Inn Express. Come on." Oh, everyone was asking me, "Dude, are you a lawyer?" I was like, nah, "I just, you know, I, you know." It, and it, for a second, I I said I don't know where I'm getting this from, but I was like, nah, I'm getting this from God. God's giving me some words, and um, and but but the real the other half truth of it is is just I put myself in a position to recall all the lawyers I ever watched, and the you know whether it was Johnny Cochran or whether it was Perry Mason or whether it was Jimmy Smith or someone from one of these shows, uh, I just always remember their presence yeah no matter what they did they had presence when they talked to the juror and the judge and that's all i remember man it's all i remembered and i just everything else just came out of my mouth
0: that's awesome well i'm definitely looking forward to seeing you in that that's uh that has made it uh high on my list of uh on my list of wants to see
1: yeah yeah so it's be a good one, man. I think, I think it's gonna be funny
0: for real. I don't see how it couldn't be there. There's no yeah. way with this particular group of people that it's not going, I mean, you could have, you could just write down a menu and hand it to this group of people and it would be funny. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So to kind of finish things up, we always like a little palate cleanser, a couple of, uh, questions that we ask, um, and then, and they are very important in that they have nothing to do with anything. Um, <laughs> but, God, like we, we ask, but anyway, so we are big, we are, we are stuck in the Midwest. We kind of broadcast out of Bloomington, Indiana. And okay. so we are kind of caught in this really interesting uh, zone where there's a lot of great food that comes to here, but nothing that really originates from here. So we always wonder, it's like, well, what? What kind? what's something, a food that unites us all? It's pizza, right? So what kind of a pizza guy are you? Are you a, like a Chicago, like a deep dish? Are you kind of a flatbread? Are you New York thin slice? Where do you stand on the very important subject of pizza? It's
1: interesting you say that. Dominoes. That's where I stand on pizza, Dominoes, right? <laughs> I, I like Domino's, little thin crust pizza. You know, I'm good. I, I'm not a, a, a pizza aficionado. I am just... Now, if it's not like I like pizza to remind me of when I was young, not newfangled pizza. You know what I mean? I can eat a newfangled pizza. That fangled is an old word. I can eat a new style pizza, but I like pizza that just says to you, this is what it was like when you was a kid. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy like this. Like I had a pizza pizza from Whole Foods the other day and I was like, I'm, I'm it was big. It was a nice slice. But it was like, oh, this ain't the pizza for my kid
0: childhood. So, yeah. well, well, that means that you need to get that uh, that one of a kind cafeteria style pizza that we all got, yeah. got in school. <laughs> yeah. I, I I hate to say it, I still have uh, the occasional case like, man, I I could really use a a, a, a rectangle of pizza like substance right now.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just some crispy pepperoni. It doesn't have to be on bread. Just some crispy pe- pe- pepperoni is right.
0: good, man. Oh, well, I want to thank you so much um, for coming oh, on. Oh, that's with- it? No, that's yeah, because not- I, I, I realized the other one I already asked <laughs> was the superhero question. Okay, okay <laughs> we, okay. we seeded okay. that earlier uh, it, because you know it's, it's organic. We we kind of let things flow where they're going to be. <laughs>
1: okay I, I i was checking i was making sure yeah like, no yeah.
0: i i didn't i didn't forget anything until i rea- realized i forgot something uh <laughs> but i want to thank you so much for coming on and talking to us i'm really looking forward to seeing the productions that you're in if people wants to find you on social media what is the best way that they can follow you and see what's going on in your world
1: uh well there's a couple of them uh, i like uh i like to categorize this uh as uh, if if you're uh, if you're on Instagram, I'm at uh, James Moses Black and then underscore. Uh, if you're 60 and over, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's about right. If you're on TikTok, I'm not dead. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm not on TikTok. No dancing. I don't talking. want to TikTok my life away. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I got enough problems with clocks and time running, you know. And just yeah. talk, I'm good. I don't have, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I don't know. I don't know the other place.
0: Well, then don't forget to check him out in S O Z Soldados o Zombies, Lansky and Queen Pins. and of course you will see him on television regularly. Just look for uh, a military figure or possibly uh, a priest. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, this gentleman is fantastic. Make sure you take advantage of a chance to to just see a little bit of what he's capable of and until next time uh keep watching hey, yeah hey, yes. hey man
1: everybody loves pudding, brother everybody loves putting <laughs> everybody loves pudding. i hope so this a podcast made of pudding
0: <laughs> i agree